thank you. You are great. You know, it says even the rocks cry out. If we don't praise loud enough, the rocks will do it for us. The whole of creation cries out. And if you've been away this holidays and, and spent some time by the river or the ocean and seen his creation and breathed it in, you can feel, you can feel that creation. It cries out. It, it's beauty and it's, um, it's just, it's full of God. So thank you, Lord, that you are great and that you created a world that cries your name where we can see you in everything. Thank you, Lord. And I pray that our praise will be louder than the rocks. I pray that as we praise you, as we call out to you, you are great, God, that the world will see, that the world will hear that cry. You are great. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And welcome, everyone, today. You can take a seat. Um, welcome some people who've been away. Shout out to Michelle O'Keefe, who's been up north, having a wonderful time. Welcome back. And I know Christine has been away for a few weeks, and I just I want to pray for your mum. Um, Christine's mum got saved in our church, Joyce, years and years ago. And um, she was a very, she's a very special lady. And she moved out west, so we don't see her anymore. But she's struggling at the moment, in and out of hospital. Fractured back, did you say, Christine? Yeah. So, so welcome back. And we'll pray for Joyce in a minute. And I would also like to pray for Dot and Mick. Um, early this morning, about 3.20, um, Dot's beautiful mum, who's in her late 90s, um, left this earth peacefully, which is exactly what they were praying for and mum had said a week before that she was ready to go so they prayed for a peaceful passing and they got that early hours of this morning um, but that's huge and, and Dot spent a lot of time this last few years looking after mum so I just want to pray for that family as well as for Joyce and pray for Pastor Nick who's not feeling great and just pray that God's hand will be on them so let's pray and if you need prayer, just put your hand up and let's just pray for everyone as well who needs prayer. And also welcome back to Wayne, who we did pray for and is here. What a miracle. Thank you, Lord, for Wayne's recovery. But right now we lift up our beautiful Joyce Murray, who got saved in our church. And Lord, as she is struggling with health issues right now, I just pray that your peace will be upon her that your peace will be upon Christine and the family right now and that you will surround her with love and healing and whatever she needs. And Lord, I also pray for Dot's family um, and I know it's a big family so I know that the impact of her mum has been incredible and she's been such a beautiful, faith-filled woman of God and you've taken her peacefully to be with you but I pray for the family that is left behind that you will comfort them, that you will surround them with your love and your peace. Lord, may they feel these prayers this morning. We lift them up to you in Jesus' name. And I just pray for anyone else who needs healing, who needs a touch of God, that God is here in his praises. He dwells 
So, Lord, we pray. And where two or three are gathered together, he is there. So we pray right now that those needs will be met as their hands are raised in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to take up an offering. And um, it's good to give to a good God. Those songs were beautiful this morning. He's a good God. He's a good Father. And he gives us good things. So as we take the buckets around, we just pray that that good God will be there for you as you give this morning. Lord, I pray for our giving and I just pray that, Lord, that your kingdom will be extended because of our giving. Lord, that that giving will be multiplied in the lives of people in our city. We thank you that we have an ability to give in this country. And Lord, we thank you that you will use that in Jesus' name. Amen. I think the giving, yep, is up on the the screen. So thank you for your faithful giving. And thank you to the musicians. You you did it again. You picked the right songs. Um, I just want you to remember the middle song that we sang today, which talked about the faithfulness of God and also the word good. Faithful and good. Those words from those songs are exactly what we needed to hear this morning. So thank you for being led by spirit and I did not tell my daughter what songs to pick so God did so thank you wonderful worship team yeah so Nick started out on a series last week uh, called Faith and um, I remember her talking about Peter walking on water and Sarah looked up like I needed just the word that Nick had because I needed to remember it and it was leap leap into faith So she was given the word leap. Now, I'm too old to leap. I can see Nick leaping. But right now, if I leap, there's going to be trouble. So um, I am doing a more gentle approach to faith, um, which is about faith being a journey. Um, So sometimes we don't leap into faith. A lot of time we do, but sometimes it's a journey. And for me, it's been a particularly different journey this past few years Um, and I will explain that as we get on. But um, I want to talk about three words and I've probably said this in other sermons last year. Three words that I got at the beginning of last year. When I took some time off, I went over to New Zealand and by the way, if I'm a little bit excited today when I'm talking, it's because my grandchildren from New Zealand who I haven't seen for uh, nearly a year are arriving on Wednesday. Three of them and their mother and father, but, you know. So if I have this little, you know, excitement in my voice, it's because I'm going to grab them and I'm going to hug them. Um, And, yeah, so that's very exciting for us. Um, Anyway, I went over there about 11 months ago and took some time off to breathe. And I got this from listening to something I was listening to Um, some biblical stuff that I hadn't had time to listen to the year before because I was just, I was almost burnt out. And I got these three words and I might have said these to you. Trust the story. I know I've said it to Nick and I'm looking at you right now, Nick. Um, When Nick 
um, there was doubt about the tent and I didn't know what else to say. So I said the three words, trust the story. And if I've said it to you this year, that's last year, that's why I've said it because it's the three words that I have had to apply to my life, trust the story. So today I'm going to open that up in the area of faith. And those words have had a huge impact on me as I've tried to process a very difficult decade of my life that challenged my faith. Who knows that sometimes your faith gets challenged. I don't know if there's anyone out there who can say, I just get everything I want whenever I want. Like my faith, I I just, I don't even need faith. Like why would you need faith if you get everything you want? Think about that. Why would you need faith if you get everything you want? So if anyone does get everything they want, they can come and talk to me later, but I don't. So um, okay, that is true. I don't need faith. I go Phil. <laughs> okay. Um, so when I was asked to preach on faith, it was these three words just popped into my head and I thought, no, this is what I'm always thinking about. But it was like God was saying, this is what you need to focus on with faith. Um, and when I looked up the Hebrew word for faith, just to start, you know how you always, if you're preaching, you look up the Hebrew word. That's a really good thing to do. Or you look up the word in the dictionary just to give that little introduction. But when I looked up the Hebrew word, I knew I was on the right track because translated into English... Faith from the original Hebrew means confidence and trust. Trust the story. The familiar word, uh, and the word is actually, I'm going to see if I can say it right, emunah, E-M-U-N-A-H, but you say the mu in the middle, emunah. And E-M-U-N actually is also from the, the, where the word amen comes from, imun, amen. And so the root of that is amen, which actually means so be it surely. So when you say amen to someone, you're saying so be it surely at the end of a prayer, right? How good is that? So imuna and amen are that same kind of idea. So um, faith is that... Yeah, it's confidence, but it's also trust. Um, It's first found in Genesis 15, 6, which I'll get Pat to put up. And and it's translated as um, believed, but in NIV it's credited. Uh, Oh, no, sorry, it's believed. Abram believed the Lord, and that believed is imuna, so had confidence and trust in the Lord. And it was, he credited it, credited it, can't say the word credited no it to him as righteousness so abraham got some credit i can say it when i don't add the ed to it abraham got some credit for believing trusting and having confidence in god just hold on to that credited he believed in the lord and god declared abraham to have righteousness because abraham had imuna there was no jesus Jesus hadn't come to die for Abraham's sins, but God credited his faith and his trust. 
And we're going to hear a bit more about Abraham as we go on. So we'll unpack that a bit. So what is the story we need to trust? Trust the story. Well, there's two parts to the story. There's his story. And if you put his story together, those two words, you get history. Have you ever noticed that? History, his story. So we put his history there, his story. And then there's my story as part of that. So I need to trust the story. I need to trust history and I need to trust him in my story. So I'm going to go through those two things today. Um, the big picture is the history. His story and, and it starts at creation. If you're going to look at his story for us and what we have to trust in, then you have to look back to creation. And the amazing thing is that God says that his creation is good and that's like he's a good, good father and he made his creation good. He said at the end of each day and it was good. Okay, so God's creation is good. He sees us with love and compassion. He affirms our value in creation. Really simply, God loves us. That's what creation is about, God's love. He gave us everything. Hidden in creation is everything and he loves us. So that's the start of the story. God loves you. You're valued. And you are good. I know that there is sin and we are broken by we are broken humanity. And I know that we can take the line that, you know, where there's sin and we have and yet I'm not I'm not discrediting that. There is sin. Humanity is broken. But that's not the message God gave us at creation. He did not give us that message. He told us that we were made in his image. That's the start of the story. Yes, it got broken. Yes, things came in and went wrong. But the start of the story is what we're meant to hear, and that is that we're made in his image, and we can trust him. So, um, yes, all the destruction came, but God pleads with us through the opening verses of Genesis not to believe that evil is the essential truth about who we are. That's not the truth about who we are. Sin is serious and destructive, but there is an original design and that is that we bear the image of God. So that's the start of the story. It's a good story that we are trusting. So number one, it's a good story. Trust the good story. Trust the story that is good. After sin entered the world, God looked throughout history for someone who could trust the story. He had a few issues with some of the people that followed him that couldn't trust the story. And when they didn't trust the story, it went wrong for them, pretty badly wrong. So um, he looked out for a man who could trust the story when the world was full of wickedness and he found Noah, who actually had to trust the story for a very long time building a boat when there wasn't even any rain on the earth. So he kind of had to trust the story when people ridiculed him and said, what are you doing, Noah? What are you building? Trust the story. And he had heard a word from God and he had to trust it. Then he found an amazing man called Abram. And Abram wasn't perfect. He was human like us. But Abram had the capacity in a world that served Many gods, Abram was chosen out of a polytheistic world and he trusted the story to the point where he left his family 
Little did he know at the time, well, he had a hint that his descendants would be like the stars in heaven. He had a hint of what God's story was. But he left his home and he went to somewhere he didn't even know and he trusted God's story. Even when his wife was barren, even when, like God would say, you're going to be the father of many nations, just step out and have a look at the stars, that's what you're going to be like. But his wife was barren. And yet he trusted the story. And we're going to talk more about Abraham because he's incredible. Moses, who took God's people out of 400 years of Egyptian slavery, they probably weren't trusting the story. But Moses took them and and led them out and started their journey to the promised land. Joshua, who took them into the promised land, these men had to trust the story. God was looking for people who could trust the story. Through these men, God set aside a nation and he asked the whole nation to trust the story. Does anyone know how that went for them? (laughs) But you know what? He he was still a good God. He was still a faithful God. And it's interesting. um, One of God's got lots of names that he reveals to people as he goes through the, the Old Testament. He says, I'm... Jehovah Jireh, your provider, I'm Jehovah this, you're this, I'm Jehovah that, you're that. Like he's telling them his nature. And I didn't know about this one until I was reading last night. There is a name of God that he revealed called El Emuna. The God who is faithful. El Emuna, that's the word I've been, Emuna, sorry, Emuna, said it wrong. The word I used earlier to have confidence, to trust. God is the God that is faithful. And I want to pull up Deuteronomy uh, 7 verse 5. I'll just give a lead into this. God tells the people just before they go in to take over the land with Joshua that he's going to drive the, the enemies out of the land because they were pretty scared of, you know, some of them had seen the giants, so they had to trust the story. And he says um, that they must separate themselves and destroy the enemy, otherwise the enemy will infiltrate them and they will serve other gods so he basically says if you don't live a separate life when you get into this land bad things going to happen but um from verse five this is what you're going to do to them break down their altars smash their sacred stones cut down their asherah poles burn their idols in the fire um for you are a people holy to the lord your god the lord your god has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people his treasured possession So that goes back to Genesis. You are special, you are loved, you are treasured, you are a treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other people, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you, there it is again, he loves us, he is a good father. And he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery. He's telling them the story. He's telling them, this is the story from creation. I have loved you. I've brought you out from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God. And here it is in Hebrew. He is El Imuna. That's the Hebrew. He is El Imuna, the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. So he is El Imuna. It's not just about faith. It's about being faithful. Faith is, is 
being faithful. We can trust in a faithful God, but also he's asking us to be faithful. So it's two-way thing. Faithful. He's a faithful God. So when they didn't listen to him and they listened to the world around them time and time and time and time again, if you read the Old Testament, there are so many times when they just didn't trust the story. And this is why he kept reminding them, remember back in creation when it was good and and then I brought you out of Egypt, I was good, I was a good God. Trust me. But they couldn't, they didn't. They failed so many times and every time they would be taken into captivity. They would be dragged from their land and then they would learn. They would, they would learn of his words again and they would realise that he is a faithful God. And every time they turned back to him, he brought them back. So you can see the story. He is faithful. Do we have that sort of faith and trust in his story that we can trust him? And then finally... The Bible says, if you can pull up Galatians 4, 3 to 5, Pat. This is a really lovely verse. Just at the right time in history, something amazing happened. We were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. Now, that was because we'd walked away from God. And literally, the people of Israel had been in slavery. Um, But when the set time had fully come, so trusting the story, God had a perfect time. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. It's interesting that he says at the set time. So there was a perfect time for Jesus to come. If we're trusting the story, then Jesus came at the perfect time why was that why was it the perfect time that the jews had come back to israel there had been 400 years of silence between the last old testament book and the birth of jesus 400 years of nothing they were in captivity they started reading the law again they decided they had to come back and live as very strong Jews and obey the laws which Jesus had to come up against in his time but they were poised in the middle of the Roman Empire the Roman Empire was was over Israel but they were in the land surrounding them was Greek Roman people all that and and God brought Jesus at exactly the right time and I believe it was to spread the gospel I believe he was there at the perfect time so that they could take that word to the whole world, not just to the Jews. So at the perfect time, trust the story, he's, here comes Jesus. And I want to ask you a question now. Do you think Jesus had to trust the story? Can you think of some times when Jesus had to trust the story in his life? Anyone want to? Yeah. Oh, that is my first point. You read my notes. You did not. In the wilderness. Okay, exactly. God, like Jesus got baptized with John the Baptist. God spoke out of heaven and said, this is my son. A dove hovered over the water, just like at creation or when Noah 
when the, the ark landed, there was that dove and the voice came out, this is my son. And then Jesus went straight into the wilderness. Have I got that scripture? I don't know if I've got Matthew. The, have I got a Matthew verse there? Yep. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit straight after the baptism into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. He was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these bread stones to become bread. Now, Jesus has to trust the story. How does he know what to say back? What was it? Scripture. He knew. He knew the story. He knew the word of God. He came back to Satan. It is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's trusting his his scriptures. He's trusting the stuff that he has learnt. And at the end, can you just go to the end of that passage, Pat? There are three temptations that come to him. Away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What has been the message right from the start, right through? What's the story? Trust me. Serve me. He trusted the story. And he knew how to come against the enemy because he knew the story. You have to know the story. So then he goes out into his ministry. And there's another time I could think of where he had to trust the story. You got it. You guys are too good. In the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say? Not my will, but yours. So those two times, there's probably more, but they were the two that came to mind. The two times when Jesus had to trust God and and have faith in the story. Very good, everyone. So now we come to our story and individual stories because that was history. But faith in an individual, and I'd like to go through Hebrews 11. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there are loads of individual stories in Hebrews 11 about faith, about trusting the story. So I'm just going to try and skip through it and talk through these individual stories. Now, faith, Imuna, is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You're not going to get everything straight away. This is what the ancients were commended for. Remember I said Abraham received credit? They were commended for trusting in God and having faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed. Oh, surprise, surprise, he goes back to creation. So in the New Testament, he's saying, go back, go right back to Genesis. The story was good, okay? By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command by his word. We trust that. We weren't there, but by faith, we trust the story. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Um, Now, I'm not going to talk about each one. Let's skip over Abel. There's lots, but I'll stop where... So go to the next one and skip over that one. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without imuna, without trust, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. 
So it's the element of our, of our whole relationship is that faith. All right. By faith, Noah. Okay, we talked about that. We're being reminded of individuals within the story. Was when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. Things not yet seen. He didn't know. He'd never seen a flood. All right, next one. Now, this guy gets half of Hebrews 11. Honestly, his story is the faith story. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob. Um, Keep going. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, El Elmuna, faithful God, who had made the promise. She trusted the story. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Did he see all of them? No, he did not. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. Abraham did receive the son that was promised, yes, but he did not receive all the things that were promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they'd left, if they'd been thinking of the past, they would have had opportunity to go back. All right, now when the, when the Israelites were in the desert, they were like, can we go back to Egypt, please? Please, please? We want to go back to Egypt. Even though we were slaves for 400 years, we'd rather go back because we can't see the future, but good old Moses could see it. Okay, otherwise they would have ended up back in slavery. So it's the people who have that forward vision of something they might never see. That's faith. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. We all know that story. That's a huge faith story. Let's just skip over that one. Um, Yep. Yep. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. So now it's going along the line. Yep. Um, Keep going. Keep going. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. So they could see into the future for Moses. Keep going. By faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He knew he was an Israelite and he knew that he needed to trust that story, not the Egyptian story. Okay, keep going. Yep. I'm just going to get to the next bit. That's all about Moses. Yep. All about the Exodus. Jericho. Keep going. Oh, this is an interesting one. Rahab was not, she was a prostitute in a pagan city. By faith, 
by trusting somebody else's God's story. Rahab, the prostitute, she's named, okay, she's brought into this story as an outsider who, who trusted the story. Because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. She took on their story. God is all about bringing people in who will trust the story. Uh, and what more, I love this, and what more shall I say? I do not have time. Well, I feel like he could have. He could have written another whole chapter, but I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets. Who through faith, and then he does actually say a bit, so he did have a bit of time. Who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured. Now, this is a bit where it doesn't get so nice, right? But it's in Hebrews 11 about faith. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so they might gain an even better resurrection. Didn't quite get what they wanted on earth. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. We might want to just jump over that bit. They were, oh, no, I don't though. I'm saying we might want to, but we can't. They were sword in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. Hey, that's not faith. Hang on, what's going on? We always get what we want, don't we? The world was not worthy of them. Wow. Because they persevered, because they trusted the story, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Wow. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Hang on. They didn't receive what had been promised. And yet they trusted the story. That is amazing. Since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us, only together with us, would they be made perfect? They were part of the big story to be with us, which is just amazing. How amazing is that? Is that the end of it, Pat? Thank you. That was a long one, but they are individual stories. There's also the story of the centurion, and I won't get you to put this up, Pat, but everyone knows of him. He was a Roman centurion. He was like Rahab. He was outside of God's chosen people, but he believed God could heal his servant and he believed it, Jesus, he believed it so much that he, Jesus said, I'll come to your house. He said, no, 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 I get this thing. I, I am a man of authority. I can say to my servants, go. I'm not worthy of having you in my house, but if you say, if you say the word, I know that that servant will be healed. And Jesus said, he was amazed and said, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Trusting the story as a Roman centurion. Incredible. So what about your story and my story? 
because that's the next bit. There's all those people in the Bible, but as it said in Hebrews, that all happens so that it gets to us. It, it gets to us here right now. And God is asking you to trust the story. Do we see everything we want to come to pass? Do we get every prayer answered? As I said before, if we did, if everything happened as we wanted, we wouldn't need that trust. We wouldn't need that faith. You know, my story, I I was brought up in... um, First of all, I was a Presbyterian, so they were very conservative. But then my mum and dad got baptised in the spirit when I was a young teenager and we we were involved in the Pentecostal church. We were involved in all that, you know, like faith. Everything will happen. And my uncle was so full of faith that he prayed that his eyes would be healed and threw his glasses in in the slow combustion stove at my mother's house, threw them in there. And, I mean, I, I acknowledge he was very full of faith, but I did notice that he was squinting when he watched the television, like, you know, going like this. So that was the sort of faith, though. That was, that was what was surrounding me as I grew up, you know. And, and I wish that his eyes had a, you know, I, I do wish that. And I'm not saying that there is not that faith. Please do not take me wrong here. But that's what I was brought up in. The world of super faith. So I grew up and I, believe, and I still believe in healing. You know, I'm not saying I don't, but sometimes... Sometimes it doesn't happen. And as most of you know, you know, I I mean, I lost an auntie who was a Christian when she was 42 to cancer. So it wasn't just my recent experiences. And she was a a faithful, she was a very faith-filled woman. And I guess it started to rattle me a little bit. You know, why do these things, why, why doesn't everything happen as we ask it to? You know, why, what, what is happening here? And then 10 years ago, when my granddaughter got cancer, that was our biggest, as a family, that was our biggest faith journey because we took four years of praying and believing and stomping around the house worshipping and claiming victory and, like, if ever we put, if ever we put our faith out there, it was then. But you know what? Uh, in the end... We had to trust the story. And in the end, God took our little girl. And that was the hardest faith battle I've ever been in. It took me years to figure out that I needed to trust the story. And that's why I'm saying this to you today, because not everything... I, I am a faith person. I was brought up in faith. But sometimes, sometimes... We don't know why and we don't know the end. And as it said there, sometimes things happen for other people in the future. Sometimes things happen because we are, the world is not worthy and there's a better place. And I know that she is in a better place. But my goodness, trusting the story becomes really tough at times like that. And that's why today I'm not talking about the leap of faith, which there is, there's a leap of faith, but I'm talking about the journey of faith and the fact that if you give up, if you give up when the worst thing happens, the very worst thing happens that could happen, if you give up then, then you're not trusting the story. 
And it's a hard, hard lesson to learn. And it took me, you know, I mean, I'm sure it took all my family a long time to to figure out like what was it that we what was it that we believed what what who is god and god is el emuna no matter what but are we going to be are we going to be faithful to him and it's it's only going to be tested in hard times and i hate to say that right now but faith Faith, and as I preached a couple of weeks ago, peace is only tested when you don't have peace. Faith is the same. Like you have to trust the story. You have to go back to Genesis and see that he created and what he created was good and that he loves you and that he values you. And no matter what happens, you have to trust the story. So there's going to be times in the story when the good thing happens. When the healing happens, when great things happen, faith happens. I'm not denying that because I saw that happen in my family. I didn't just see my uncle throw the glasses in the fire. I saw some miracles. And they're the good times. They're the times, you know, step out in faith. But then there's the hard times and we can't deny those in Christianity because I know that a lot of you sitting here are relating right now. You're relating and if we don't preach this stuff, if we don't preach that we need to trust God in hard times, then we're not preaching the full, whole gospel. And the only reason I can stand here right now, the only reason Cheryl Denton is here right now, the only reason Sarah can stand up on the stage and worship is because we trust the story. Because the, the other alternative is not good. We trust the story. So I want to ask you, do you believe that God is Imuna? Do you believe that he is the faithful God and he's asking you to be faithful, full of faith? That's what faithful is. It's like sticking with him. Faithful is sticking with the plan. Faithful is, is finding the path. And he knows you and he knows sometimes you're going to lose your way. And I lost my way for a little while there. I never walked away from God, but I lost my way. Took a while to come back. And there he was, faithful God. So right today, I'm saying trust is a very hard word. If you say, God, I trust you, it's hard to say because you have to trust him with your story as well as with, like, yeah, we can look at history and see how he was always faithful, but... Can I trust you with my story? That's the hard bit. And when we can, when we can do that, and sometimes it, it is a journey. Faith is a journey. And then we can trust that, you know, in future we've got a heavenly home. In future other people are going to be blessed by what we are standing for now. So El Emuna, the God who is faithful. Thank you, Sarah. Um, let's just stand, and and I know, like, I want to I want to finish on a on the story is good. He's a good God. I think we should sing that song. He's a good God. At times it gets rough. At times things go wrong. But at the end of the day, he is a good God, and he is faithful.
And if you don't know the good God, if you don't know the faithful God, if you've never asked him into your life or if you've taken a little sidestep and sort of lost the plot a little bit, that's okay. Because go back to Genesis. He's good. You're made in his image. He loves you. So if anyone with eyes shut right now and heads bowed, if anyone does want to ask God in or wants to say, I trust you, God, I know I've let it slip, then I want you to put your hand up and we'll pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He is a good God. Lord, I pray for those people who may be struggling right now with trusting the story. And I pray that you will just surround them with your love and your goodness and your faithfulness. It's all about trust. Thank you, Lord, for being a good God, a good Father. And pray wherever people are in their journey of faith, that you will reveal yourself to them as a loving God.